I just want to talk to you for a few moments. You know, there's when God gives me a word for the house, the first, the first time I began to teach, I, I'm so excited that I'm praying that I, I don't go overboard and keep you guys here until about four o'clock. I'm, I'm praying because he has put so much in me. I don't want you to overeat this morning. <laughs> you know how it is. You overeat, you become so sick, you don't want to come back. Y'all praying, praying with me? <laughs> All right. And some of us on a diet anyway. But you're going to get exactly what you need from the Lord. Um, uh, today's today's um, our, our theme scripture for the month. Listen, when we get this theme scripture, it is, it, it is good for you to memorize it. That's why we say it every time we meet. Because when you put this word in the atmosphere, it's changing you. And it's also changing your atmosphere. All right? Because you have warring angels that are keeping your atmosphere. And what comes out of your mouth determines what's going to be allowed in your atmosphere. All right? Let's read the word of God together. You ready? Let's go. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Stop. If you love them, say, I love you, Lord. Let's keep going. To those who are called according to his purpose. Look up to him and say, your purpose, God. It is not, you weren't called to live on your purpose. Matter of fact, you wasn't saved. You weren't brought into the church. So you can say what you want to do when you want to do it. You were called so his purpose would be released out of you when he wanted it out. God knows how, when, and where to set the stage. The key is knowing that he always has to be the star of the show. I want to talk to you for a few moments. I'm going with two, two passages of text. First turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 15. Verse 14 through There shout amen. All right, after that, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1. But we're just going to read these three verses, and then we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 26. <clears throat> you guys ready? Then let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity which you have made. Father, we ask that you would take every thought captive. We thank you so much for the worship experience, for softening our hearts, for bringing us to a place that we can let go of our worries and cast down every thought that's not like you, that we can truly worship you. Now that you have us, Lord, 
bring us together so that we can be your church. And now, Lord, have your way. I ask you, Father, that you would move, push down, press out the spirit of feeling, that your spirit may manifest in such a way, God, that we would hear from your throne. Come and speak to us. But we are your church. And we desire to hear from you. We know, God, that that's your will. So we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, praise him for the word in advance. Let's praise him for the word. Amen. Beginning at verse number 14th of the 15th chapter, Jesus says, you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, my question is, are you Jesus friend? No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father. I have made known to you. Verse 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you. Jesus says you did not choose me but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. Jesus says, I chose you. I appointed you, which means I put you in position. That wherever you go, that you're going to bear fruit. Now, get this. You're going to bear his fruit. Because you're his choice. Then he says, and that the fruit that you bear remains. Wait a minute. When you're dead and gone from this world into the heavenly realm, the fruit that he appointed you to bear it remains so that what he produces through you hits your children. And it's going to remain for your grandchildren. And it's going to remain for your great grandchildren. And the great, and the great, great, greats, and the greats, and the great, 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 great. It remains. So when Christ produces his fruit through you, his fruit fall upon your family forever. That's some good stuff. All right, turn to Genesis chapter number one, verse number 26. I began to teach this on Wednesday night Bible study. I want to come back and talk to you today. 
Genesis. Chapter number one, verse number 26. We there? Then God said, let us make man in our image. Whose image? Mm -hmm. According to our likeness. Whose likeness? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Whose image? In the image of God, he created him. Male and what? Female. He created them. Then God what? Blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I mean, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and and over every what living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you Every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. Then God saw Everything he had made, and indeed it was, and indeed it was. See, when he created things and spoke them into existence, he stepped back and said, it is good. But when he made us, he stepped back and said, it is. Mm-hmm. He thinks a whole lot about you. Amen. I want to... Um, sort of use these two scriptures and bring uh, a message to you today titled Chosen for God's Purpose. Um, I want you to know that God chose you for his purpose and not your own. Amen. Say, I'm chosen chosen. for God's purpose. purpose. Amen. Give God a hand of praise as you sit down. Um, The in, in the chapter of John, Jesus starts off that 15th chapter and he, he really lays it out with them, identifying who he is, calling himself. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches, which means that in the vine, everything branches off from the vine and they are called branches. And that's who, what we are. We are branching off from Christ. Therefore, he continues and talk about the pruning of the branches and he's cutting things off of the branches so that the branches can bear more fruit. My, my dad has a plum tree and his plum tree produces a lot of plums. But the first year he, he pruned the tree, he cut it back. When the plums came back that following year, they looked like grapes because it was so many plums on the tree based on the cutting away of the branch. What I looked at is when something get cut, every time that I've ever been cut, it hurts. And so we have to understand that when God gets ready to cut you back, he is really bringing forth his purpose out of your life. Therefore, sometimes it will hurt when God is developing you for his purpose. It is not a hurt that you should get mad at God. It is a hurt that you should be glad with God because God does his best work through pain. And you have to understand that every pain that you go through, if you understand that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, the question becomes, do you really love him? 
Because if you really love him, you would not complain about what he has allowed to happen in your life. Because when you begin to complain, you are working against the will of God. Complaining comes from the devil. It is actually saying that you do not believe that God is who he is. If God is who he is, that means he's sovereign. That means he knows, listen, he not only sovereign, reigns over everything, but he's also um, omniscient, he knows everything, and he's omnipotent, which is he's all-powerful. All and if God is the one who knows everything, he's all-powerful, just know that everything that happens in your life, he could stop it if he wants to. But because he allows it, he will work it out for the good of those who love him. Therefore, you have to find out or not in your own spirit, do you really love him? Because if you love him, you will find a way to seek after him. Because when, listen, most of the time you won't seek God when everything is going good. But sometimes he will let something happen in your life that is so devastating that your makeup can't cover up. That your suit can't dress up. God will have you in a place where you all you'll be concerned about is him. And any time that he gets ready to promote you, he is going to afflict you. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get that out because so many so often we are so quickly to want to get promoted. Wanting to do more for God. Oh, I want to be more for God. OK. <laughs> because. <in> order, <laughs> yeah, somebody laughed because they said that prayer before. Because in order for God to get greatness out of you, he will have to cut you back. And we really do not realize how many areas we need to be cut back. There's some stuff about you. As holy as you are. There's still some carnal carnality that needs to be worked out, whether it be with your spirit man, whether it be with your, your mental state or whether it be with your flesh. There is something that God will have to afflict in order to clean you up because most of us will hide our pain. We're walking around here with stuff that's troubling us. Got secrets going on in your mind and don't know who to expose it to. That you try to cover it all up. Because you believe that I have to look holy for the church. But you didn't choose the church. The church chose you. And the church chose you just like you were. As nasty and filthy as your mind thought. As many lies as your mouth told. The church, as many times that that mouth cussed people out. Jesus still chose you. And he chose you before you even came here. And so God thought about this whole, because he knows everything, he thought about this whole picture. He knew that you was going to be in Brentwood today. He knew this a long time ago. He knew that you were going to have to understand that you were chosen for his purpose because once you grasp it and you believe it, you'll get your opinion out of his business. Because the truth is, the church is too opinionated. You, you ought to write this down. God, knock my opinion down and keep it out of your will. Because the truth be told, we fight against the will of God based on our opinion. And where does our opinion come from? Our opinion comes from a learned atmosphere. So what you've learned along the way tailors an opinion that you have to the point that you will have an opinion on what your soulmate looks like. Can I talk to the teenagers for a minute? I think the teenagers, uh, yeah, my, my daughters are like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, you, you got it in your mind. Oh, um, I want my, my, my husband to look like this. And he got to be cute. And I want him to have some swag. And, and, and then you go as far as he better have some rhythm because I like to dance. Straight up opinions. And that joker could have all of that stuff and have Freddy Cougar in the inside. 
But we've drawn our opinions based on how the world has tailored us. Somebody said, God, get my opinion out of it. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus lets them know. He said, I've, I've talked to you and I've told you some things. And I want you guys to see in, in, in Genesis just what has happened. God is so awesome. When he created us, when he got ready to make man, the first thing he did is he held a meeting in the heavenlies because it says, let us. And they they agreed. The father, the son and the Holy Spirit agreed that we needed to create now that we've created the heavens and the earth realm and we put fish and birds and separated the affirmaments. And now we have the waters here and the hills here and the grass here. He said, and we put the, uh, the, the birds in the air and the cattle on the ground and, and the fish in the sea. He said, now let us create something in our image. And so he created man and woman. Male and female. The key is he did not create you so that you could create images of what you should look like. He created you so that you would be in his image. Now, understanding that the image of God, would God is a moral God. Imagery. God is a intellectual God. Imagery. God said, I have to also form you in my likeness. His character. He, he, he's all powerful. He, he wants, he's, and, and I knew that's what he was talking about. He's omnipresent. He, he, He's omniscient. He, he's knowing of things that nobody else knows. So he's given us a spirit of discerning. But we cannot discern good and evil if we're practicing evil. And so he gives us the word and the word is sharper than a two edged sword. The word of God will take your mind and transform your mind. So that your mind will begin to discern things even before. Listen, your children won't have to tell you what they're doing. You can discern because the word will point you to what they're doing. He, he talks about how we were going to be created. And then he messed around. And did what he said. God held a meeting about you. Before he even made you. And it was an agreement. That you would be in his likeness. That you would be in his image. And so he made you. Now get this. It would have been enough because God spoke it. And anything that God speaks it has to happen. But after he finished making man and woman, after he finished making male and female, the Bible says he blessed them. He did not bless the fish. He did not bless the dogs. He did not bless the plants. But he blessed his people. And then he said, go be fruitful and multiply. So God does what he says he does. And we have this family, the first family in the Bible, Adam and Eve, and they are kicking it in the promises of God. And God told them, you could have whatever you want to have, but don't touch this. How many of you know that God has told you, yep, you can have everything my way, but don't do it your way. Can I talk to the people who will just be real that did it your way anyway? Uh, you can have this, 
But there's a system. You got to do it my way, because if you don't do it my way, it will not work for you. But if you do it my way, the blessing that I spoke over your life will overtake you and you will walk in my favor no matter what happens in your life. If you do it my way. But preacher, it's hard to do it God's way. I got too much attitude. You're right, you do. And God knows you got an attitude. And God knows how to get rid of your attitude and give you his attitude. But there has been a problem from the beginning of time. And I want to expose the enemy in his tactics as we are going to walk in the purposes of God. See, if you can, if you know how your enemy fights, you can defeat him. Mm -hmm. If you know your enemy is coming with a knife, you can bring a gun. You got him. If you know the strategies of your enemy, you can win. You know, in sports, they study how the other team plays so that they can get their strategy. When we went into war over that oil in Iraq and we set up battlefield in Kuwait and they said, oh, we got the U.S. And before we'd done anything, they started shooting missiles at us. But the U.S. had studied them. They knew what weapons were going to come their way. And so they had invented a missile called the Scud missile. And the Scud missile was designed that it would travel on the ground at a low rate. And when something was up in the air, another missile coming, the Scud missile would lift up and go intercept that missile and blow it up in the air so it couldn't get to the people. I'm telling you, when you understand how the enemy fights you, you can whoop him every time. So then, how does he fight? Genesis chapter number three. Verse number one. The first thing you have to understand about the devil is it's not the one you see on TV. He don't have a pitchfork and he's not red and he don't have ears. Pointed up in the air. That is not who you are fighting against. You are fighting against an enemy that is subtle and deceptive. And so when he comes at you, he's going to come at you in a subtle way. Look at verse number one. So the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, check out the first thing he said. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. The first thing he does is try to prove that he knows God. Huh? They will listen. The enemy will come at you in a way to try to pretend. That they know, you know how it is. There's been people in the church that can quote scripture. Well, they can quote it in the daytime and raise all kind of hell at nighttime. And then they try to get a relationship with you. And I got to apologize to the church because some of you have been hurt by the church. Got close to somebody in the church and the person you got close to used you and abused you. See, that that's the devils come to church, too. But I'm going to pull the sheets off of a devil. Because if a devil come up to you talking about, oh, yeah, this is what the word says, but try to get you to lay down with him at night. That's a devil spirit. Oh, I'm not no devil. The pastor was just saying that he he was just speaking in general. Yeah, in general, so you can get what you want when you want it. 
But you like, listen, you better get this thing right. You're not here to please you. You are here to please God. And if somebody coming at you one way and speaking a whole nother way, you ought to shut the store down right now and tell this devil, you better line your life up with God if you want to stay with this because I'm a child of the living God. But he comes, he comes, he comes, he comes settle. And the joker, he, he, oh, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't God tell you? That we supposed to be in church. That's, that, that's why I'm here. We're supposed to be in church. And then right after that, the devil speaks word. And then he, he's so subtle. Watch, watch what he does next. We got we to stay up there, stay up there. I want you to see how he works. Number two, the second thing he does, he says, now that I got your attention, let me tell you a few lies. Oh, wait a minute. You know how people try to twist the word of God? God said sex is for husband and wife. It is where you consummate a marriage. And he says, he goes on to say that I bring together so that I can birth fruit. But the spirit said that spirit, the woman said to him, we may eat of the tree in the garden. Keep going. Verse number three. But the but of the fruit of the tree is in the midst of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor, or, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, go to the next verse. Then the serpent said what? You're not going to die. Have you ever said, oh, no, I'm not supposed to do this? Because we're supposed to wait until we marry. Yeah, but we're in love. <laughs> I want to talk to the people who got delivered from the devil spirit. <laughs> yeah, yo, everybody in here ought to start praising. Now the key is, now that you're delivered, you can believe God to break that spirit off of your children. If you start walking in a blessed life, that spirit will hit your children and they'll just start obeying God because you got it right. Ooh, this is some good stuff, isn't it? Ah. So the second thing he does, he, he lied. And the, look, that joker can lie. Anybody ever lie to you and promise they'll be with you? Yeah. And they can lie to you and treat you right on the first couple of dates. So the, 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 the third thing he does, the third thing that the enemy does here, um, verse, verse number five. Third thing he does, he says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will be, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So now he's he's manipulating, trying to get you to see it his way. Anybody ever been manipulated before? Next thing he does, next verse six, next thing he does. Um, what he said to her causes her to imagine. And I'm not only talking about women, men too. Because you could be told something and your imagination will be running with what you were told. I want to talk to the men for a minute. How Men, were you ever told them the more women you get, the more man you will be? Oh, goodness. That was a lie. Because a true man could get with one woman and stay there. Now, that's the truth. God designed relationships to be eternal. When you come together, that's it. That settles it. And we have heard lie after lie after lie to our imagination start believing the lie. 
So Eve's imagination, the woman saw. Now, how I know it was her imagination? Because he was speaking and all of a sudden she saw it. You got to be careful who you allow to get in your ear. And if what they are saying don't line up with the will of God, you need to get you some spiritual scissors and cut it off so that God can continue to pour in your spirit. Because anyone who is not giving you the word of God is trying to kill you. They are trying to murder you. Listen, because the Lord said, if you touch it, you will surely die. The wages of sin is. I got about five more minutes because we got to go. But is this helping anybody? The next thing that happens after he gets your. Listen, God has showed her one thing. And listen, I get it. She was walking past the tree every single day. But she was focusing on the word. So the tree had no appearance to her. She, she, the Bible says her and Adam was walking through the garden, eating from the trees. And the tree that she couldn't have touched, it never even distracted her until manipulation set in. And she heard the wrong words. Then she saw something she had never seen because she was looking through the eyes of what a devil said. He's coming at your mind to get you to imagine something you shouldn't be imagining. I know 90% of us need to do like this. Because we've been imagining some stuff that we've been saying, where's all this stuff coming from? God wanted me to tell you the devil is still trying to get you. But he's sending word to you today. And this word will keep every devil from infiltrating your mind and taking every thought captive. So, so, so now, now the devil, he, he wasn't after Eve. He had a plan because he knew if I can get to her, I can probably get to him because he couldn't get to him because he was on assignment. What was his assignment? His assignment was to walk with the Lord. I believe with my spiritual imagination that while he was walking with God, the enemy said, this is my opportunity that I'm going to go after her. Because if I could get to her, I can get to him. Uh, Do you understand that the enemy will always try to come through the weaker vessel? And I'm not saying that the woman is always the weaker vessel. But he's coming after the weaker vessel. And so if you understand, if the woman is walking with God, he's coming after the man. If the man is walking with God, he's coming after the woman. If you're both walking with God, he's going after your neighbor. I want to talk to the couples that are just going to walk with God and let the devil go get into somebody else. Because when you're walking with God, the enemy will leave you alone. Oh, God. He, 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 he got her to get it. And when she bit it, Some people call it an apple. I know it wasn't no apple because that fruit got cursed. I believe whatever fruit that was is no longer on the earth. He didn't want them to eat it and they ate it. He said, I ain't tempted nobody else with this one. She gets it and when she ate it, something happened. It was good. 
You ever do something that was good that you knew you shouldn't be doing? But it felt good. So you did it again. Oh, goodness. Can I talk to the people just be real? So, so wait, wait, wait. Your body will start craving what you think is good. And if the enemy gets in your mind long enough, he'll have you think the wrong stuff is good for you. Listen, one time when I was a kid, I was in high school, and, and when I was a senior, all the kids started trying weed. That's what we called it back then. And so, I don't know what y'all call it now, but they, they were calling the weed, and they would try it, and I wouldn't try it. And one night, my parents happened to let me spend the night at my friend's house. Ain't that something? You call him a friend. And see, parents, you got to be careful where you let your kids spend the night. And my parents let me spend the night, and Satan told me to lie to my parents. And I said, oh, yeah, his mom said I could spend the night. His mama was out of town. We were seniors with the whole house for a week. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad idea. (laughs) And so I tried weed, and I didn't like it. I hated it. But you want to know what I liked? I liked fitting in with the ones that did it. Am I talking to anybody today? Knowing that you didn't like it, but you did did it anyway, and it made me do it again. But guess what happened after that? I liked it. You want to know why I liked it? Because the enemy started showing me things in my mind. And I was under the influence and I started liking something that I really didn't like. Can you just be real with me and give God a praise for delivering you from the things that you really didn't like? But he is, listen, Right now, it's time to raise a standard. That's why God is sending his word so that you can know how to defeat the enemy. Because right now, it's way different. He got social media to get in the minds of these children. See, we didn't have to fight that demon. And listen, what what gets me is they call it the internet. We ought to knew then we should have left it alone because don't nobody want to be caught up in a net, especially an Internet. That's trying to get the inner you caught up so that you cannot be who God called you to be. It is trying to distort the purpose of God in your life. So she took it. She spread it. And the last thing she did, after she spreaded it, it was good, it was evil, and they knew better. So what did they do? The same thing we do. When we know better, we get secrets. You know, listen, if everybody, if everybody stopped t- keeping secrets, you'll live a better life. Because secrets our darkness. So when the Bible says, next verse, it says that they hid. And that's a trick of the enemy for you to hide your sin. Because the longer you hide it, the bigger it gets. And sooner or later, the thing that you was hiding will jump out in front of you and and expose everything. Listen, In other words, it will start off like a pet monkey. So when the church come over and knock on your door, you say, oh, hold on a minute. Go put the monkey in the closet. But after it grows, there'll be a knock on the door and the the sin then turn into a gorilla. And the gorilla say, hold on. (laughs) And put you in the closet. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's what he wants to do. He wants to make a monkey out of you. So, 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 listen, they hid, they hid. Now, now, now get this. Can y'all see me? I'm going to hide again. That's what hiding your sin look like. How you go hide anything from God? And that's the only one that can help you. So why are you hiding the thing that's killing you from the one that can heal you from the thing that's trying to take you out? It's time to let God have all your stuff. Get it to God and let God work it out. We got to go. But before we go, listen. One verse would take care of all six of these things that happen. One verse. Well, we're going to give you three. Colossians 13. Colossians 13. Tell the Lord, say, help me, Lord. Lord. Mm -hmm. Colossians 13. All right, there is no Colossians 13. Mm-hmm. Colossians. Okay. We there? Yeah, that's where you need to be. (laughs) Colossians 1, verse 13. Is this some good word? Mm -hmm. Colossians 1. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. We there? So, So look, all these things that the enemy has been working on you, every area. Why? Why is the enemy working so hard to get you to want to please yourself? Do you know why the enemy wants you? The whole world is trying to, listen, you look at it on the internet, you can look at it on, on the news, the, the world system is trying to get people to fall in love with themselves. Even you hear preachers and I'm not going to expose them today because God didn't give me tell me to. But you'll hear preachers that, tell, that will say, oh, yeah, you got to live your best life. And if you live your best life, you please God. Wait a minute. And the more you become, you please God. Wait a minute. How can you become anything? Because everything that's not of God is coming to nothing. And everything that is of God is everything. And that's the only thing that's going to laugh. What lasts when you bear the fruits of God are what's last for eternity. And it's not the other way. Please yourself and then you please God. You got to please God in order to please yourself. Because if you please yourself, that's even going to come to an end. When you start pleasing yourself, one day you're going to wake up and go, I want to talk to the people who already woke up. Because everything you do for you is really messing you up. And then you get in this system and you say, well, this is the way everybody else is doing it. You were not chosen like everybody else. You were chosen to be God's choice. And if people are not living right, and you know better than you do better. And by you doing better, God will send a blessing to rescue your friend because you did better. 
Who is he? God. He sent his son, Jesus. What did he do? He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Say I'm delivered. The first thing that believers have to believe is that they're delivered. You are no longer under Satan's authority. And some of you tell lies and say, I never was. Yes, you were. Every time you chose to go against the will of God, you said, I'm going to live to glorify Satan through this action. If you're not glorifying God, you are glorifying the devil. Yeah, but it feels good. Well, hell ain't going to feel so good. Somebody start my car. I I may have to run out of here. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into what? The kingdom of the sons of his love. You are the sons and daughters of God, which means that he has brought you back to the purpose in which he designed. What is what? So that you could be his image. How do you become his image? First of all, you're going to have to get rid of that imagination that you had because it has distorted what God looks like so that you get in the mirror and spend more time working on the outer you than you spend working on the inner you. I'm not trying to tell you don't get in the mirror because I like what you look like now. But spend some time working on the spirit man so that your image looks like God. And when you look in the mirror, you can see a reflection of the glory of God upon your life and know that he's pleased by you. Verse 14. In whom we have what? Sam redeemed. He pulled you out of darkness. Quit going back. No reason to go back. It don't feel that good. He has redeemed you through his blood. The forgiveness of what? You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You got a new start today. And he's given you word to the whoop the enemy. You don't have to bow down to no vice of the enemy. He's trying to feed God's people garbage. And the sick thing about it is we've been eating it. but not no more because we're redeemed. We're delivered. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image. We got a chance to see the image of Christ. Through the word. The word is the Logos. The the word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word is God. So we got a chance now. To see the image. Guess what? He says that my image. Is now in you. So now you can become the image. By focusing on what's in you. And the world is trying to entice you. Through having people strive. Upward mobility is the answer. I want to be all this in the corporate world. I want, I want, I want this type of a job. I want, listen, that's all hogwash. You can have all of that. By lining up and being the image of God. Choosing to be his choice. He chose you so that he could change you to be his image. But you got to get your mind right. Because you spend too much time on worldly stuff. That's why I told everybody, stop watching the news. Get consumed with what the president's doing. God is doing more than the president. 
As a matter of fact, God is allowing the president to do what he do. Don't get mad at the president. Get glad with God. You got a choice. Got a choice. We make choices that affect us in the wrong way. Do you know you are one choice away from walking in the full purpose of God? One choice. And when you choose God's way, you begin to function God's way. So let me tell you, you say, well, well, preacher, I want to function God's way. So I'm going to fight the devil. But you're going to have to fight the devil out of you. Because he's been, he been hanging out with you for far too long. This is how you know the devil's hanging out with you. Because when you start doing right, and then you're doing okay, and all of a sudden something comes in, and you're wondering, where's this coming from? And then you allow it to have place in your life. Raise up a standard against it. Do you know when the enemy comes in one way, you can look up and see him fleeing seven? He will leave you when you choose God. You want to know why? Because there is a disconnect when you're entertaining what the enemy says. Turn the lights off, John. So then, lights are out. As long as you are occupying space to entertain what the enemy says, there is a disconnection. You are called to be the light. But when you're disconnected from God, there is no light. Therefore, the enemy comes in and he has his way with you. But you gave him access. But the moment you make a choice and say, oh, no, I made a choice. I'm choosing God's purpose for my life. So I'm going to reconnect to God. Then the lights come back on. Here's what happens when you turn the lights on. You see a whole bunch of cockroaches running and fleeing every way. You didn't see them at the time that they was trying to disrupt your house. But when the light comes on, then you're able to see every roach and every demon that's been trying to get to you. Tell your neighbor, turn it on. Okay, we're getting ready to go. Second Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10 because, because you have to understand that when you reconnect, and this is what we're doing today, we're reconnecting with God's purpose. When you reconnect, something happens. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And we're going home, I promise. No, I got one more verse. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is, what, this is it. This is it. Second Corinthians chapter 10. We there? Verse 3. Tell, tell your name I'm, I'm about to fight, learn how to fight. Chapter 10. Verse 3. We there? For though we walk in the flesh, what? We do not war according to the flesh. So then, you don't war against people by telling them you a devil. Get ye behind me, Satan. I know you learned it in church, but it's wrong. For this war is not against flesh and blood, but the principality in high places that you have authority over because you're the image of God and you are in his likeness. And when you get in his likeness, the ones that come to you who are vexed by devils, they will leave you or either get changed. One or the other. 
So you can celebrate for both of them because you're the one that makes the difference. So it's based on the choice that you make, but you don't have to get join the party and join Satan's army by talking about them. If you begin to talk about them and accuse them, the Bible says he's the accuser. Now you are being you are being pimped out. By a devil spirit. When you start talking about others in the body of Christ. And the ones that are outside of the body of Christ. Don't you know that you have the power of God, the excellence of his power working in you so that you can call on the angels that are in that environment and change it. And so either they're going to stay with you and be changed or they're going to leave. Either way, you can have you a party and celebrate. You can celebrate the outcome before it even comes out. Yeah, you know, you can cheer on your team before they score a touchdown. So you can celebrate the outcome before it comes out. Though we don't walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh according to the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God. For the pulling down of stronghold. Listen, whatever's been strong holding you down, you have the power to pull down the stronghold because you are mighty in God. If you got hooked on something, you can break the hook by bidding, letting the power of God flow through your life. Verse 5, casting down argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You can bring down every imagination that was in your head. All you got to do is speak the word to the word and the word will be performed in your life. No longer can the enemy have any authority in your thought process. Not after today. There's bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So listen, why does the enemy bother you? He's after the image. He knows that if you get back to the image, then the scripture comes true. When you become in his likeness, greater things shall you do. Oh my goodness. Jesus spoke a word and all the demons came out of people. Do you know that you will be able to speak word? Do you know that the demons will tremble when you start walking in the likeness of God? You just show up and people who are vexed and sometimes they call it mental illness. You can come and release the bomb of Gilead and bring healing because those spirits have to leave. Don't need to talk about, oh, so-and-so just, uh, no. I got to be the likeness of God. Father, you said be holy for I'm holy. Make me holy. Don't let me move until I become holy and righteous by you. And then when I get there, God, keep me there because I can't keep myself. Now guard my mind. Oh, angels, you are on assignment today. Your assignment is to guard my mind. Don't you let no thought get into my mind. Now, see, now you speaking authority to authority. You want to keep those thoughts out of your mind? That's how you do it. We got to go. But we're going to pick it up next week. Because God's purpose is coming out of you. Give God a hand of praise. Whew. All right, listen. God did all of this. And the church has drifted away. We have too much opinion.
You know, so somebody called me and said, hey, this pastor did this. What do you think? I said, I don't. That's why I'm not revealing anything, because when we start talking about what they do wrong, how right are we? So I'll say this. God will only allow something to happen in your life that he's going to work out good for you. So if he allowed you to see it, he's going to use that to make you better. Stop being bitter over things that should make you better. The only reason why you're bitter is because too much I is in it. Your opinion. We get bitter and we treat our children wrong because we're bitter. They're already wrong. They know they're wrong. And you're going to tell them what they already know? Why don't you tell them how right they can be? Be the church. Let's go heal some folks. There's so many people waiting on you to be the image of God. And you didn't know that you weren't being them. But now you know. And I know that this word is going to use you not only to be better, but to help make others better. Everybody rest in your feet. I know I went a little long today, but please come back next week. <laughs> I, I really, I want you to embrace all that God has for you. I'm glad Keely said what she said because You've had so many failures in your life that you haven't, you, you've let go of holding on to being limitless. God's purpose for you is limitless. He wants you to be the image of who he is. And he's limitless. You have purpose. People have hurt you. You've hurt people, all of that. And we talk about all of that. None of that matters. You know what matters? Is that in the midst of all that, God showed that he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a provider. And he loves you. Isn't that good? So listen, he, he created you to be his likeness in this earth. He gave you his son's spirit so that you can accomplish that. And sometimes we know I shouldn't do this, but we do it anyway. And sometimes we get out frustration in the wrong way. And then you say you're sorry. Get mad at people. And people need you to lead them to Christ. And you take your assignment and start treating them bad because they treated you bad. You can bring them to Christ. Anytime somebody treats you bad, that's saying God trusts you. That you will help them. That you will show them his image. Father, we thank you for everyone